Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings and welcome to uh, Mansa's The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Segawa coming to you from uh, Kampala, Uganda. Yes, I uh, did. Uh, I got onto a plane just the other day. I need to announce that given the COVID. Uh, dire times this time around. I'm not alone. As always, I'm joined by my uh, partners in crime, Maggie Mutesi and uh, Nairobi Kenya, and uh, Dumi Jerry in uh, uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Maggie, Dumi, uh, let me start with you, Maggie. How is Nairobi treating you? Nairobi is great. Uh, they've started um, um, vaccinating the population, so we're expecting uh, everything to come back to normal. Although the curfew has been extended for another, you know, couple of months, so. We're still in COVID times, but business is back to normal somehow. You know, when you said although, I, I was uh, I was waiting for you to say although the president is uh, has still not, that's President Uhuru Kenyatta, has still not taken the vaccine. It's only Paul Kagame <laughs> uh, who's, uh, <laughs> uh, who's taken that step. <laughs> they're starting with essential, the essential. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> I don't want to doing it faster, way, way faster. <laughs> <laughs> do me how are you doing uh, i know president sir ramaphosa has uh, taken that uh, bold step and uh, taken the vaccine how's johannesburg no johannesburg is all right um there's a bit of hope uh cautiously optimistic or cautious optimism let me put it that way uh, amongst uh, the folk around the vaccine and uh, possibly getting life back um the weather's all right it's sunny so yeah Good weather to play around. That means more bribes. Let's get into uh, the heavy lifting. Uh, uh, today's podcast is uh, focusing on uh, a trailblazer, uh, a ceiling breaker. Uh, I want Dr. Ngozi Okonjo-Iwela, who is, of course, uh, as it turns out, the director general-elect at uh, the World Trade Organization. This is by far and large a huge, huge, huge monumental appointment. And uh, it didn't come easy, you know, uh, some, uh, uh, should I say, sects uh, were uh, initially opposed, but uh, uh, with some heavy lifting, there was some uh, uh, people dropping out of the race and uh, she has the top job. Now, this is a name that is uh, really part of the furniture when it comes to uh, African uh, geopolitics and the economic side of things. Also, uh, she's worked in uh, so many boards across corporate Africa, also into politics. I could go on about her resume uh, till tomorrow. But uh, let me start with uh, you, Dumi. Uh, your reactions to uh, first when you heard that uh, she was actually running. So there was a bit of hope on my side. It's no secret that um, Africa as a continent has yet to secure the maximum benefit uh, from the World Trade Organization uh, as an institution or to leverage all the negotiating facilities that uh, uh, it presents. So um, there was a bit of optimism that uh, perhaps now that there is an African in the office, uh, maybe pressure or support will be put on her to advance trade in our region, uh, which is a good thing. So there was a bit of um, uh, cautious optimism. Uh, Today, I seem to be liking that word. I don't know where I heard it. But anyway, um, that, that's, that's, that's my take um, around, uh, around the appointment. 
Do me, you need to stop listening to 702. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, man. <laughs> Maggie, what do you Maggie, mean? Maggie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to say, I still am very much optimistic, Dumi. And um, for me, as a woman, an African woman, and, and, and you know, seeing somebody like that in the top office sends a message I'm going to start with that because it's still the women's month. It sends a message to a lot of girls, a lot of women in Africa that we can actually take over those positions. Now, on the economic side and the part where, you know, we're expecting a lot as, as Africans, I'm still very optimistic. If you look at her, actually, she says they used to call her the Noah Hala woman. There are so many negotiations that had failed to, you know, be concluded at WTO. I am, I am expecting maybe too much, but I'm very optimistic that she's going to do an amazing job. And the fact that she's representing Africa on a, a global uh, platform like that, that you know, um, deals with trade when we are moving forward with our trade agreement, it, it's something to look forward to. Uh, uh, guys, uh, not to play devil's advocate, but uh, I don't know if the two of you are familiar with this. Uh, 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 Dr. Okonjo actually is also an American citizen. Uh, this is uh, as per two years ago, as per 2019. So that comes as no surprise that uh, uh, the Biden administration actually gave her the thumbs up for the top job. So uh, as Arnold here, I'm thinking... This is a dual citizen. She's Nigerian and she's also American. Who's to say she's actually going to look out for uh, a one person in Eswatini? <laughs> I mean, uh, she has two passports. I mean, Anna, that's a good way mm. to look at it. But let's not forget um, that she was actually blocked by the Trump administration. Much as the Biden administration gave her go ahead, the reason as to why um, she couldn't take the job earlier was because the U.S. hadn't, the, 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 the Trump's administration hasn't, hadn't even approved her. They hadn't, they, 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 they had blocked, um, you know, her, 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 her directorship at the WTO. Now, I really want to be optimistic. And I think this is where we should really look at it. She is an American, she's an African, but we, we have never had an African in such an office. This is the first time we're having a director general who is African, who has led Nigeria's finance minister, not once, not twice, who has been at the World Bank, who has done all of these things. And, and honestly, um, much as she might have, I don't want to even think about it, as she might have American interests at heart. But again, we do not expect her to be the African finance minister or African trade minister at the WTO. No, she's the director general of the WTO, which is a global organization. It's not an African organization. However, it's such a critical time for the African continent because we have the African continent of free trade area being operationalized this year. So it could be really, it could be of help. I don't know. We have to give her a benefit of doubt. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, cautious optimism, as someone uh, has said uh, 15 times already this uh, particular <laughs> podcast. Uh, okay, over to you. What do you think? <laughs> so, so, so... Um, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, um, I did read, uh, call it manifesto, if we can call it that, um, where she was including things around uh, what her priorities are. And one of them uh, that sticks out was uh, how she's hoping to get an inclusive and effective approach to uh, the COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Um, because, I mean, surely this must uh, include an agreement 
to suspend, uh, you know, the intellectual property protection for vaccines. So that so almost any country that's got capacity should be able to produce uh, mass production and distribution in many other poor countries. And as uh, the World Trade Organization, they definitely would be uh, at the forefront of leading uh, such conversations. And also for her, um, she was part of uh, the African Union Special Envoys for the continent's uh, response uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so I do sense from uh, the, the many speeches that she has made that she's been consistent uh, and she's passionate about this uh, about this issue. And uh, she has been very vocal around the rejection of vaccine nationalism and protectionism. So from that note, she's hitting the ground from a good note. And I would love to support her. That will then obviously translate to what Maggie was talking about around the African continental free trade area. Um, it itself, yeah. it signals a preference for rules-based multilateralism, right? Which that aligns with uh, the uh, World Trade Organization's ideals. So mm. uh, much as she is an American, I think also she has used the ticket of being an African uh, Minister of Finance, uh, or the various ministries she occupied in Nigeria. So based on that, I feel that she's going to actively cheerlead for African content of free trade area uh, and canvas for the necessary technical support so that there's successful implementation. That's my take. Mm. And Arnold, she's been American for only two years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... She's been an African for more than 50 years. <laughs> but even if it's two years... Well, she only got her American citizenship two years ago. <laughs> okay, okay. Guys, um, my biggest issue is uh, <laughs> this kind of uh, an African in a big office. And uh, at times I get the sense that uh, this is very uh, ceremonial. Take, for instance, uh, let's say Kofi Annan. Uh, he was criticized. There was a report that came out in 2003, and uh, he was mentioned as being passive when it came to uh, the, the, the genocide in uh, 1994 in Rwanda against the Tutsi. Um, often criticized for uh, even going back to, uh, I think, Yugoslavia. There was, again, some criticism there. Um, uh, fast forward to how uh, Kenyans uh, were jumping left, right, and center when uh, uh, their one Inchi, one Obama, uh, was in the White House swinging heavy in uh, the Oval Office. And guess what? What did he do for Kenya besides a good old visit? and uh, went to uh, see a bunch of people uh, and nothing really actionable. And this, for me, is my criticism at a time like this where the Trump administration, in my view, has done a good job trying to fight China. Pardon him for all these other flaws. At least he tried to put his foot down and fight China for all the wrong that they've done when it comes to manipulating trade. What is she going to do apart from occupying the big corner office? All right. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to speak from an agricultural perspective. Uh, there are many, many agreements that needed to be reached, negotiations around uh, things like fisheries, uh, improving market access for agricultural products, uh, support for the cotton sector, and many other such things. Um, coming from a country that uh, was uh, very uh, heavy, uh, and very vocal about um, agriculture. You will remember the days when um, uh, Akin, Akin Adesina was still um, Minister of uh, Agriculture in uh, Nigeria. They worked hand-in-hand hand, uh, closely with um, uh, Dr. Okonjewela. There was tangible um, action on the ground. Uh, 
with with that background um, and with uh, Africa relying so much on agriculture um, and with the rest of the world relying on Africa to feed the rest of the world, um, I feel that um, it's something that is also passionate to her, something that she has seen in action and an agenda that she can um, um, advance um, throughout uh, her tenure could be providing financial or technical support via the institution, particularly at least to the developed, uh, I mean, to the least developed um, uh, economies, so that they're able to export their agricultural products, their fisheries products uh, to richer countries. Uh, that way is a way of advancing both trade and development. Um, so that's the way I look at it. And, and Domi, I think that's one of the things she mentioned in her first speech uh, when she became director general of fisheries and, you know, helping Africans oh, okay. you know, improving. Yeah, she talked about it, improving market access. I know she gave a speech as well in Geneva, I think, on, on the first or second day when uh, she took office. Um, Arnold, I want to just go back to the case of Obama and Uwela. It's, it's, it's quite, you know, different. Obama was never Kenyan, apart from having a father coming from Kenya. And I think Kenyans were just too optimistic. I'm sorry to say this while sitting in their country, but it was just <laughs> too much. <laughs> but again, as a continent, we all had so much hope from him. But I want to look at, at uh, Okonjo in uh, the post-pandemic recovery, where, you know, for me, I'm so much looking at, at it from an AFCFTA perspective, because this is one of the most um, uh, priorities that is one of the biggest priorities for the continent right now as we're recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, having her at the WTO um, is a way of also probably helping, you know, create uh, some policies that could help uh, the African continent really uh, 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 get get their, their, their you know their, their trade agreement moving. Now I don't know how that is going to go, but this is one of the things that the African Union is prioritizing at the moment, away from the vaccines and and you know and um, COVID nineteen because definitely if we still have COVID nineteen we cannot trade. So um, the fact that in her first speech she has mentioned uh, you know fisheries like Domi said agriculture. It clearly shows you that she knows that we expect her to at least cheerlead the AFCFTA at the helm of WTO. As journalists, there, there are moments we've, we've actually talked to people about AFCFTA. Somebody actually said to me one time that, you know, it's, it's just a trade agreement. But this is the biggest trade agreement since the formation of the WTO. So I think globally, people have not even taken it to, to that magnitude, the way we feel it, the way it should be. This thing is bigger. It's really bigger than, you know, than the rest of what the world thinks. Much as Africa thinks for us, it's the biggest savior because this in one way or the other will unify Africans and trade is, is everything. Having her there is not only cheerleading, but, you know, there could be some policies that could help <laughs> us amplify it. <laughs> Uh, guys, we're really running heavy, and uh, this is a, a topic that I think we might even need to have a part two on, um, because I, I did my bachelor's on the GATS and international business, so I've, I'm very, very involved and keen on this particular topic. And uh, one of the criticisms is uh, that the WTO really is simply unnecessary and uh, irrelevant. Why? 
since 1994, when the Uruguay round uh, actually sat, that was the last big achievement. The Doha round was a big mess. Uh, it is a failure, even by any standards. And let's face it, there's now big players in the game. There's the Indias, there's the Chinas. Who are you going to report China to if they wake up and they make a lookalike of the Range Rover, which they have done countless times? Who are you going to report them to? No one. You know, people are going to file a few uh, documents here and there. But is there anything actionable? No. Uh, Ling Fang. And uh, what's the name of that car? It looks like a Range Rover. Land Rover has complained countless times. But... The car is still sold. So uh, for me, this is just an organization where people go to retire. And for me, that's the sad truth. Um, and for me, it's very painful because this she's getting in there at a time when the Africa continental free trade area is taking shape. It's becoming actionable. Countries have ratified. And guess what? We're going in there with a knife in a bazooka fight, to be honest. Um, guys, your final reviews, I think I've heard my piece. Uh, we're running very heavy on time. Uh, Maggie, I'll start with you, then Jimmy, you wrap it up. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dr. Okonjo has had, <laughs> I don't think she's retiring at the WTO. Dr. Okonjo's reputation from um, um, finance minister to, you know, World Bank to even sitting at the Twitter board and all of these things really speaks for herself. And I think it was about time to have somebody like her. Somebody like her, because if you speak to Nigeria, she, Nigerians, she was a tough minister. It was about time to have somebody like her to turn around things at the WTO. I agree with you. It's been, I think, over 20 years. No negotiations have been reached at the WTO. But, you know, we cannot have an organization really run like that. So I'm still optimistic. I think she's going to change things. I think she's going to turn that around. And I think it's Africa's time to really shine. At this rate, we've got to name this uh, episode the cautious optimism episode. <laughs> <laughs> the director general of the WTO is not the president of a country, right? So uh, she may not have the power to achieve uh, everything she wants. However, I think um, she is determined to try and make a change uh, and make a difference. I agree with you that when the uh, WTO was founded uh, back then in the 90s, um, throughout time, it has just glided along without maintaining a fair and equitable uh, international trading order. So with the coming of uh, Dr. Okonjo, um, we are hoping to see the modernization, if we can call it, of the WTO by making 21st century rules for 21st century commercial practices. Uh, and this should now then benefit uh, the countries, uh, even those that have been least developed. Um, I'd like to encourage uh, particularly the youth that are coming out of um, university or thinking of what to do next to really take up agriculture. I don't think it's right that we should all just focus on, um, you know, the tech world. There's only so much tech that we can do, but um, we all need food. That is my take on investment this week. Thank you. Thank you a lot, guys. I'm afraid uh, we have run out of time as uh, your resident uh, pessimist when it comes to uh, anything about the WTO. Here's some quick facts. Born in 1995, um, and like I said, the biggest achievement, the Uruguay round. And uh, wait for this. The Doha round started in the year 2001. And it's still going on. The negotiations are still going on. 
2001 to 2021. You do the maths. 20 years of negotiating. And uh, you be the judge. I'm afraid that's all the time that uh, we did have for this episode. Many thanks to our, uh, my co-drivers, Dumi Jere in Johannesburg, South Africa. Maggie Mutasi joining us from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Arnold Sagawa. I'm in uh, Kampala, Uganda. If you missed anything on this particular podcast or you uh, want to check out everything and anything about African investment and African business news and economics, visit the website. That's www.mansamedia.africa. Or just check out Twitter. That's at Mansa underscore media. From me and the entire gang, have a lovely day. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Mansa.